0: It was just something that I was able to connect with him over. Not only did we watch the show, we would go out and chase the trains together sometimes, so that was like a a Saturday thing for us, the windows down and pacing it back into town. Um, He taught me a lot about being a good mom, mainly because seeing him happy made me happy, and I wanted other moms to be able to experience that too.
1: Hey, Mama, what do you think of when you hear the word success? fame, status, and fortune? What about rocking your baby to sleep or coaching Little League, advocating for your special needs child or mastering meal planning, maybe going back to school or starting your own business? The truth is success looks different for us all and it may change depending on the season of life you're in. After finding myself in a dark place, I decided to set an example for my two boys by intentionally choosing what I wanted for my life and seeking it, even if it was scary. And now I'm so excited to bring you stories of other moms who are living out their version of success. I plan to ask these incredible women not only about their journeys, but how they are making it through the madness and the magic that we all know as motherhood. So whether your assistant just brought you a hot espresso or you're rocking your baby on a third cup of reheated coffee, settle in and get ready for some goodness. I'm Shannon Carruthers, and this is the Successful Mama Podcast. Hey, mama, and welcome to another episode of the Successful Mama Podcast. I am your host, Shannon Carruthers. I'm a habit and success coach, and I love getting to interview these mamas every week who bring you their stories of what it means to be successful. And that looks so many different ways, doesn't it? The one that we are talking about today is my friend Lucy Dormont. She is a mama who has done some incredible things. And it all started with her kiddos passions, how she wanted to join them in that and then it kind of took over and became her passion. She's going to tell you about that. We also talk about jumping headfirst into things, figuring them out as you go along, and not always knowing what the outcome is going to be. But sometimes it's better than you could have imagined and creates a whole different trajectory for life than what you had planned. So before I get to the episode, a couple of fun reminders, please make sure you are following us on Instagram at Successful Mama Podcast. And if you could do me a huge favor, go and hit the five stars and tell other people how amazing the podcast is. That is how we're able to reach new listeners. Leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts. I would so appreciate it. I love reading every single one of those and it really does help. So go ahead and do that. I promise it doesn't take long. So here we go. Let's get into this episode. Miss Lucy, welcome to the Successful Mama Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be well, here. I'm excited to have you. I've loved watching your story. I loved, you know, we were talking just before we hopped on the the podcast and about the fact that you love posting on social media and you share a lot of things. <laughs> so it's been really fun from afar to get to watch and see, you know, your journey and your story. I probably share too much. I probably share way more
0: than I should, but yes,
1: (laughs) it is fun. It's It's fun to share. It is. And and it's like, I don't know. It's really cool how social media, you can stay connected with people even then, because we haven't seen each other in about a hundred years.
0: Yeah. Literally. I think it's been like a hundred years. years. I'm feeling 180 today. So yeah, it's crazy how you can stay connected. And I think, you know, being, far away from family that was just is crucial for us
1: so it created a habit yeah yeah i'm <laughs> just constantly posting i love it um so for um just for the listeners i wanted to tell you that we lucy and i went to school together just again yes, a few few years ago it's not been that long no, no we're not we are not we are not old <laughs> we're, by any yes. means um and so you know, watching her, keeping up with her. Whenever I started this podcast a year ago, I was like, she would be a great guest. And then I reached out to her and then life happened. And we kind of just, you know, yeah, we, we did never connect on it. And so the other day I was like, I need to get in touch with Lucy again. (laughs) And so lo and behold, here we are. I'm excited. Yes. The the stars align. So Lucy, if you will, um, would you mind just introducing yourself?
0: Yeah, sure. So my name is Lucy Dormont. I am currently in Memphis, Tennessee area. We live in Olive Branch, Mississippi. I have two boys, Connor and Owen. One is five and one is six, very close together, lots of energy. (laughs) There's no short of energy in our house. Um, And I actually manage social media for the National Model Railroad Association. I have the blessing of working from home, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, I had no idea I would end up
1: in this role, but here I am. Yes. And, <laughs> and we're going to get into that. And and uh, I'm so excited. I can't tell you. So with that, let's just go ahead and start because um, you are married. Yes, and my husband, Taylor. Yes, and your journey with him kind of took you around some different places. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that story?
0: Yeah. So I grew up in Athens, Alabama, which if you don't know where that is, there's very small town close to Huntsville. Um, but, you know, after I graduated high school, I moved out in college and then um, I was working at a place called the Little Gym for a long time. I was there for like 10 years. I loved working there. Um, but then I met my husband and I had actually interviewed to move to Philadelphia for a position at the Little Gym in Philly. But I had met him around the same time and I knew something was special. So I didn't do that job. I stayed in Huntsville. Um, and then eight months later, he and I moved to San Diego together. Wow. <laughs> so he's in the Navy. So, uh, he was, uh, in flight school during that time. And then we moved to San Diego, which we were not there for very long. Um, and then we moved to Virginia beach and we were there for a few years and then meridian mississippi so we actually met while he was stationed in meridian mississippi the first time so we were about three and a half hours away from each other so we did the distance for about the eight months and then when he finally finished flight school he was like okay i gotta go to san diego want to come i'm like (laughs) yeah let's go (laughs) my mom was thrilled no, no. <laughs> she was so sad. She was so sad. Oh my goodness, so sad. So yeah. So we we went on a great adventure, and we thought that that was going to be the biggest adventure, and then
1: we had a baby, <laughs> and that changed. So, that changed
0: everything, the, didn't it? Oh gosh, did it ever? Um,
1: yeah. And so, so you had a baby, and then and you guys ended up in Meridian. And mm-hmm. for those who are not familiar, because we have listeners from all over the world, can you just tell a little bit about? Meridian, Mississippi, what's that like there?
0: <laughs> you know, when I first got there, I would not say anything positive. <laughs> there's nothing to do there. So just to set this up for you, when we got there, there was no Target. There's still no Target and there's no Starbucks. And the closest ones were 90 minutes away. Oh my so as a new mom, this was a big problem for me because I'm like, what do I do? I can't go to target and get a cake pop. And like, what do I do? So we moved there and it felt like being on a deserted Island, you know, aside from our military community, like being a new mom. And I had a colic baby who never slept, never, never wanted to eat. He was six months old and no family in town. And I was brand new. I was brand new mom, brand new to the town. It was it was very isolating. So about 17 months later, uh, I found out that I was pregnant with my second child unexpectedly. Uh, well, well, we had him 17 months later. I found out seven months later because I started to vomit on the way down the hill, leaving the park. Clearly I'm one of those moms that like literally just throw up all day, every day when I'm pregnant. So at first when I found out about Owen, I literally cried. I was like, Oh my gosh. Cause here I had this baby and then I was going to have another one and I was already overwhelmed and like, didn't know how I was going to handle all of it. But thankfully my husband is just like the greatest supporter and we, we just got through it. We really did. So after having the two boys, we kind of, did our own thing at home for a while. Like we were good with being at home. Kind of, it was survival mode. I was going to say when
1: you've got two boys that close together, I feel like, I mean, I don't know. There are some moms out there that just drag them and go, but I was not one of them. Like I felt like I had too much anxiety for that. Like I couldn't,
0: and I didn't realize that I had that anxiety until like
1: now, like now that they're five and six,
0: like I'm just now getting a grasp on that. So if you're in that boat with a new, new one, you'll get there. It's okay. But yeah, like, it was so anxiety, you know, just to go to the grocery store. I mean, Condor would literally scream in the car in the line at Chick Fil A for like the whole time we were there. So, even something as small as going to Chick Fil A was a big feat for so us. I, like it was just a lot. I feel like I need to point out, you did at least have a Chick Fil A. We did have a Chick Fil A. That, that was at saving grace, that, and they do have a Starbucks now, so they're getting they're there. Moving they're moving on getting up. there. Meridian is actually probably, it's 90 minutes from Jackson, Mississippi, and it's a very small, good old boys town. They do have an air base there where they do a lot of training for the pilots. So it's not really known for much of anything because there's not really much to do there, but it actually used to be the largest city in the state of Mississippi back in like the forties and fifties. So most people don't know that, but yeah, so I was good being at home with them and, and we were, you know, kind of doing the survival mode thing. And then I, I kind of wanted to start doing more. I wanted I wanted to do something that made me feel good. So I had a friend actually that reached out to me and she was like, hey, this bank I work for is is looking for a part-time social media manager. Would you be interested? And I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe it would be good for the boys to go to school half a day. Maybe it would be good for me to get out of the house half a day, meet some friends. And so I decided to take that job around that same time i just need to set this up that i was not raised around boys i was raised with a sister who's 5 years older than me and i didn't know what to do with boys so the fact that i had two boys was like terrifying
1: absolutely Cause, terrifying cuz when i think I knew, of you i think of like so much cheer and you know all the yes, yeah gymnastics I was a cheerleader. And- oh yeah
0: all of the girly stuff i did it i was I was probably like the girliest person in my class, (laughs) always, always like the one that's super annoying. I think in 10th grade, I actually set a goal to wear high heels every day of 10th grade and I'm pretty sure that I did it. So yeah, I was that person. But yeah, like I grew up with a sister. I didn't even have any boy cousins really. So like here I have these two boys and I have zero clue what to do with them, you know? And so Connor and I, my oldest, we would always watch the show called the Choo Choo Bob show. I loved that show. It was a great show and it actually had some good adult humor in it. So it was like bearable to right, watch kind of right. like bluey. Those
1: are good. Yes. We love bluey yes. cause it's good. It's
0: great. And, uh, I was also doing a little graphic design on this side. Um, I'm self-taught graphic design. I've learned that it's just like a coloring book for me. It brings me joy. I just like playing on the computer. So I got really into that and I was just, just kind of doing my thing. And I had this friend ask me to do a Meridian themed logo, So I started researching into the history of the town that we lived in, and I found out that the town was like literally founded on the railroads. So here I am as a mom with these two boys, one that would love to go to a train and see it, and there's nowhere for me to take him. And literally our town was like founded on the railroad. So that just wasn't cool with me. So I had to fix it. Um,
1: so hold on. Can we just like, (laughs) that wasn't cool. I needed to fix it. This is not like, like this is not like a little problem. This is like, it's a a big task to take on. You're like, don't worry. I got this. We got to make this right. That's kind of my,
0: um, benefit and my like worst trait is that I don't think those things through in the beginning. I just jump full force in and I'm like, I'm going to do this. Um, (laughs) Yeah, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, I mean, we had seen and the story gets even crazier because we had seen this building downtown living there. We had been there for probably two years at that point, maybe close to three. And there was this building there and it said Meridian Railroad Museum. So I'm like, okay, let's go ask the city what's going on with it. I didn't know anyone at the city and I had no idea what I was doing, but I just walked into the city office and I'm like, Hey, what's the deal with the railroad museum? And they're like, Oh, that's the permanent home of the Jimmy Rogers museum. If you don't know who Jimmy Rogers is, they say he's the founder of country music. That is Meridian's claim to fame is that the Jimmy Roger, the father of country music was born. And actually, if you know anything about country music, Meridian was actually supposed to be the Nashville. So they used to have the Congress of, or the Country Music Association used to have all of their stuff there, the Jimmy Rogers Festival. Um, So they had decided to kick the railroad museum guys out and put a different organization into that building. And I'm like, well, this makes no sense because it's a railroad museum. Right. It still says that on the building. It's got the it sign. Sa- I mean, it says it. And, and the, the thing was, is it was a freight depot building. So it was originally used for railroad uh, hauling freight in and out. It was an old railway express agency building. And by the way, I knew none of this stuff when I started. I knew train. I knew that they moved. And that was pretty much it. Like I knew what I learned on Choo Choo I was going to say trains. you learned
1: from your show that you watched with your kiddo.
0: Yeah. Yes. And I still
1: very much so
0: knew absolutely nothing. Um, But I decided to go ahead and found my own organization when I kind of got wind of all this. And so in 2020, I founded Meridian Rails Historical Society. Um, Through some further research, we discovered that that building when it was donated to the city, the deed actually said it was to be used for railroad museum purposes only. And it was to happen within two years and remain for 50 years. And if the city broke that covenant in any way, it would go back to the family. So me and my investigative social media mind, I'm like looking for everyone that I can find. I'm asking all of these questions and I call it my Hail Mary because I was ready to give up at this point. But I got in contact with the granddaughter of the man that donated the building and I just told her what was going on. Just so happened that she was a lawyer and she had no idea that any of this was going on. And so we went to the city and we were like, hey, you can't do this. And they donated the building to us outright. So that was crazy. Amazing. Um. Within the first year, like I've started a nonprofit that I've known. I like knew nothing about trains, starting a nonprofit. Go trains, trains, <laughs> go trains. Yeah, I'm like yay. Um, and then we acquired this building, which is right on the main street. And then literally the next day, my husband and I are driving back to Oklahoma to visit his friend my, family, and I get a call from the man that owned the property next to it, which was this sixty thousand square foot cotton compress building. Um. It had been abandoned for quite some time. There had been talks that people were going to do something with it. He just donated it to us. Like literally calls me after I've gotten one building and donates a second one. So overnight, we became the property owners of a million dollars worth of property assets.
1: Oh, my gracious. What? What do you you even do with this? Like at this point, because trains, go trains, right? Yes, go trains, go trains. There's something wrong. I'm going to fix it. Hey, city. Okay, now I have a million dollars worth of buildings. Cool. Like, where's your mind (laughs) at this point? You know, the
0: goal originally was I didn't want moms to not have things to do with their kids there because as a military spouse, like it was so frustrating to be in a town that didn't have programs where I could interact with other moms and get that connection because anxiety is much worse alone. If you're not aware, (laughs) it's much better when you're with other women and you can talk about it. So the goal was to create that space and I had no idea that it was going to turn into a bigger vision. But at that point I was knees deep. Like... Not only were we running this, we were trying to move the steam locomotive that was in a park and move it to get it to be functional. So I'm like asking all these questions and Facebook was my sole resource.
1: Oh my goodness. And <laughs> you're like, Let, this isn't big enough. Let's just add something else, please. Let's, let's just move- add something yeah. else.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we had, so the foundation was responsible for funding the museum. So we were working on a big twenty five million project between the two buildings. Um, and then also working to restore the locomotive so that it could actually run in and out of town because it's really great for tourism and it would boost the economy and it would do great things for that, that area. So the main objective was to make Meridian a better place. Cause I'm like, if I'm going to have to be there and my kids are going to have to yeah. be there, I want
1: to want to live there, you know? So let me stop you and ask you, cause I'm, I'm just thinking through, okay, so you've told us you didn't really know much about trains. And you started this nonprofit. Did you know anything about nonprofits? Did you know anything about starting? Like, have you got a background in some of this? Or no, um, no, I don't. I I was just a determined mama.
0: I think Um, I googled it up. You know, as every good mama does. I googled it up. I talked to people that I know had done it before, and I got advice and. I just basically founded my board. I got people somehow to agree to do this with me, (laughs) which was hard at first, because remember those guys had been kicked out by the city. So their attitude towards this was like, yeah, okay, this is not going to happen. So when I actually did get it to happen, that was when they started to like support me and, and help me with the project. So I was kind of a
1: solo wolf for like, a good year until I got that building. That's insane. Uh, that is in like yeah. absolutely insane. So the story gets better though, because we continue on, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we got the website all built out. We, we
0: did a lot of great things in that first year. So we opened the doors. That building had been closed for five years. So that first year we actually brought back the Festival Rail Fest, which was something they had in Meridian every year up until they kicked those guys out. And we had like 3000 people attend rail fest on the first year back, which was huge for us. And not only did we have that many people, we had the Norfolk Southern Lawman band, like the actual company band come and play at our festival. And that was huge because we were like, we're not going to be quieted at this point. Like we are here to stay. Yes. <laughs> so, so we got the doors open. We started having tots and trains and From my career at Little Gym, you know, I had a lot of foundational, like, skills of programs for kids. And so, with Connor, I knew things that he liked to do. So, we would do tots and trains, story time with an engineer. Um, And then we also had sensory friendly days where we would allow kids to come in with the music low and then also the trains running very quietly. So, it gave me an opportunity to present opportunities for other moms. And so, I was there doing that for two years. We had an official ribbon cutting. Uh, we got $25,000 donated from Canadian Pacific. Like I, I I don't know how any of that happened. I don't know how to write grants. I, I just asked, I just told them what
1: I was doing and why, and they gave me money for it. So it was great. (laughs) So did you, did you have like, was there doubt there? Was there, maybe I can't Oh gosh, every single day. And, um, the amount of times that I tried to
0: quit and my husband did not let me because he knew I would be so disappointed in myself that I had worked that hard to fight it. After we got that building back, it was kind of like, I can't let this fail for those guys at this point because we worked way too hard to get that building back. So after we got that first big donation, we actually replaced the heating and air conditioner in there, which was a whopping $17,000 hairs. Did not know they cost that much. Especially for a big building. (laughs) But it was the first repair that had been done on that building in over 10 years. And the feeling that a mama with determination got that done, I will be honest, it felt really great. Oh, yeah. But also I had my days where I'm like, I cannot do this. I cannot do this. Um, but yeah, it, I didn't, did. I didn't know that I was going to be successful at it whatsoever. And I still, you know, question how I even got as much success as I did. And I think it's because the passion that came from my kids um, that I was able to kind of share With everyone else and kind of get them excited about it too. After that, um, we had been there for about five years and then um, my husband got hired by a different company and we got to move to the Memphis area. We live in Olive Branch, Mississippi. And when I first got here, I started working at Atlantic Track and Turnout Company as the shipping and receiving manager of railroad tracks. So
1: (laughs) So then, so I had segued from. <laughs> so now, all of a sudden, you've taken this little like, "Hey, let's watch this TV show about trains with my to- yes. with my toddler," and then mm-hmm. we're gonna move into. Eh, I think I'll start a nonprofit and bring all of this stuff back to the city and run an event and you know just just a little bit here and there and then you know we're going to move, I think I'll just, I'm going to go all out. I'm headed into this as a career path. Is that, I mean, this, this sounds so insane, but I love it so much because were you, were you, I don't know. I have so many questions. Were you as in love with this now? How do I want to word that? You know,
0: the thing that's interesting about the rail community, and I think It doesn't matter what aspect of it. So, I mean, I got to see the nonprofit side, which we would call like the volunteer preservation side. I worked in the industry side and I've I've worked for the modelers. You come for the trains, but you really stay for the people because it's such a little community in the rail community and they look out for each other and they really, really care about each other. So, you know, I think once I got in and I saw Cause in the rail community, they all need help with marketing. Like all of them, none of them know how to do marketing. So I found myself just helping other organizations by like, Hey, we're doing this and it's working, you know? And so it just became a little network of friends that supported me. And so when we, we found out we were moving to Memphis, I, I knew that I wanted to work when we got here. Um, I didn't know at what capacity I wanted to work. So I, I, through LinkedIn, my connections somehow scored the job as the shipping and receiving manager at Atlantic track, uh, with no experience as a shipping and receiving manager. So like that first two weeks were rough for me,
1: (laughs) (laughs) learn as you go, learn as you go, but that's your, that's your MO, right? At this point, you learn as you go, you jump full in and then you learn as, as you go along.
0: I think it's the only way I can learn, honestly. And I don't know if that's just from having kids, but like, if you ask me to sit down and read something, No. Not happening. (laughs) No. Just let me do it. Let me figure (laughs) it out. But yeah, so I was doing that for a bit, but it it became a lot because with my husband being a pilot, he's gone sometimes. And so when it was just me and the boys, we have a Siberian Husky as well, which is our third child, which I also adopted while Owen was a brand new baby and a 17-month-old. I really think these things out clearly. (laughs) Um, But I was having to drop the dog off at doggy daycare and then drop one kid at one school and then go to another school and drop the other kid off and drive 40 minutes down two forty in Memphis. And if you know anything about Memphis that, yeah, not fun, not fun at all. I was getting very overwhelmed and stressed and the anxiety that I had postpartum was still there that I did not know was there. Um, And all of a sudden I got a, a message. And I, I had honestly been praying on this so much. I'm like, you know what? This is not working for me. Like something's got to give here. And I got a message on Facebook from a girl that just knew of me and asked me if I'd be interested in being the social media manager working from home for the National Model Railroad Association. So I was like, heck yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> sounds like up. right up. up your alley. Yes. And so I started out part-time With them, just doing twenty five hours a week, and then in January, I got the opportunity to go to the railroad hobby show, where twenty six thousand people came to in a matter of two days. If you if you did not know, the train community is very large. (laughs) There is a lot of them. Yeah, and it went so well that I came home with a full time
1: job. So oh, okay, (laughs) well, congratulations, (laughs) full time. Yeah, thank you. And did it's. Yeah. So so if I would have asked Lucy, you know, a decade ago, hey, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> Not here. <laughs> no. it's a little different. Um, yeah. But so I am, I'm curious be- because I think that as moms, we so often, our kids get into things, our kids like certain things. And we don't. <laughs> we don't like the same things that they do. Yeah. Um, it, it can be really challenging because you wanna be involved in their lives. And to do that, sometimes that means transitioning and adopting their likes as yours. Do you have yeah. any advice on that or can you speak to that from your own experience?
0: Yeah, it's so funny too, because when I started this, a lot of people were like, Well, when your kid outgrows trains, you know, are you just gonna kind of disappear? and even though that was Connor and I's way to connect, he has kind of moved on to other things. Um, and I've embraced that too, but it was really nice because I was able to do my hobby and my job and also spend time with my child at the same time. Um, because it was just something that I was able to connect with him over. Not only did we watch the show, we would go out and chase the trains together sometimes. So that was like a a Saturday thing for us, the windows down and pacing it back into town. Um, he taught me a lot about being a good mom, mainly because seeing him happy made me happy. And I wanted other moms to be able to experience that too, because it's not an easy thing to find. It's not an easy thing to find a hobby to do with your kids that you feel connected. Um, That just so happened to be our thing that we connected over and I just ran with it. Now he's very into Legos and video games. Yes. I've passed the video games on to dad. The videos <laughs> I'm terrible. The video games
1: go to dad at our house. Although I will say I can I can play a mean Mario game. I mean
0: I- Yes, I'm pretty pretty decent. I know I'm not decent at all. I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm just gonna be honest. But we still go to the hobby store on the weekends. So like you know sometimes when I need to go for a work meeting or if I just want to go Connor wants to go too. he loves it. So he's still got his interest there. It's not his whole being anymore. Now, when he was two, it was trains, right. trains, 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 right. trains. That was it. Um, but now he's gotten a little bit older, you know, he's in school. I'm able to separate my work life a
1: little bit from my personal life, which is good and still do something that I enjoy. Yeah, super cool. Um, and so I also, I'm curious to know, um, What's what's next? Because now you're here in this moment, like are you starting any more nonprofits? So, you know, maybe you're gonna No Maybe you need a new Lego <laughs> hobby. Maybe you can
0: You know, that is true. I i joke, well, so we're trying to get something going with the Ronald McDonald House here See? um in Memphis, this St. June's. I knew there so. was something more. <laughs> There's always something, there's always something, but I'm doing that in coordination with my job because one of the things that the National Model Railroad Association is really working on is how this is a family hobby. And how great it is for young families to connect and spend time together building a layout. And I think the, the idea is like, oh, you have to have this big, massive train layout. But now you don't. They make smaller options. And so our goal is to kind of show people that. So we're working on a project with the Ronald McDonald House to hopefully get a layout in there for the cancer patients that are staying at the house so that they can have something to come home and de-stress with and just enjoy while they're there going through something that's pretty miserable.
1: That's really cool. Um,
0: that's really and cool. as a parent, trains are so distracting. So if you need <laughs> to distract your child, just turn the train on. So do you they'll watch it go around? So
1: I'm just gonna tell you, I I know very, very minimal about this. So I'm just gonna ask, and and I'm assuming there's a lot of moms that are probably in my same shoes going, okay, so if they have this there at the Ronald McDonald house, is this something that they could move around and shift and build? Or is this something that will be like there and they can just turn it on and watch it go and be really cool?
0: It'll be something that's there that they'll just turn on, but there also be buttons to make interactive things go. So like on the layout, you might have a button that can make the thunder start. Oh, like it, cool. literally people put tornadoes on their layouts. Like it's a thing. Um, but then the second part of that is we're working because St. Jude's actually has different, age houses as well so we're working on being able to do something at both the hobby shop and maybe in these areas too where the kids get to build a diorama that can be connected to other dioramas so for instance if you have a club of kids they each make their own section and then they can put their all of their boxes together and run a full train yeah, that's cool It's a great way to teach them like how to start without investing a ton of money um, and kind of introduce them to scenery and the hobby and playing in glue and making lots of messes.
1: Yeah. Because I can imagine (laughs) like I'm thinking of these little like entire worlds that you can build Mm -hmm. and they're so cool and so intricate. So I imagine it's probably not um, a very inexpensive thing to get into.
0: (sighs) It's not – there is a lot of – there's a lot of ways to get into it budget-friendly. There's a group on Facebook that's actually called Budget-Friendly Model Railroading. But I always tell parents there's a progression of trains, okay? Like if you have a two-year-old or under, they are still on wooden tracks, with wooden trains. Start their Brio. I love Brio. Hape is really great. They'll last you forever. Keep them legacy toys for sure. And then they move to the motorized ones that you can run on the wood tracks. And then you start moving them to like the Thomas that has a little switch. And then you maybe go to a Lionel set where they can run it on their own. Connor at six years old can put his train on the tracks better than I can. Um, I've probably broken more things than he has. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, the great thing too about it is like, that is something that will be kind of a family memory for us and something that will stay around forever. And we'll have a lot of memories around that train set because
1: Santa brought that. It was his first train set and it was special. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm curious to know as well, when we're talking about, you know, model trains or even just the railroad community in general, I'm I'm just going to guess but is this more of a masculine community? Are there do you find a lot of women that participate in this? You know, at
0: first, no, but they were all hiding. Okay. They were there. They just didn't feel confident enough to come out. So, I think in the model world, The women are the ones that are painting the backdrops and doing the scenery. And they won't count themselves as a model railroader because they're just doing scenery. And I'm like, wait, you count. So when we went to the festival, the Railroad Hobby Show, we had a women and model railroading night, an operating night where we all ran trains. And there was about 50 of us there. How fun. That's awesome. Yeah. It's crazy. And there's even, um, a group that's called women in rail preservation, women that work and operate steam locomotives. Um, and you talk about something inspiring. Like I know one girl particular, her name's Hannah. She can work on a steam locomotive just like any man can. She is great at it. She's an excellent mechanic and she's about five foot blonde. Like you'd never guess, (laughs) like never guess. It's awesome. Um, but she's an inspiration you know she's showing people that they can do it you know showing little girls that they can do anything that they want to do and no interest is weird yes, i agree i love that a little odd. i really
1: do this <laughs> little it's, bit is it's fine it's totally fine it's so cool honestly so um so with that let's move into cuz i want to hear what success means to you but i i would like it if you don't mind to think about it from a perspective of you know, what you thought success would look like for your life. And then maybe versus now that you have gone through this journey and on the other side of this, what does success mean to you?
0: I think it's the best question
1: that you could have asked me because
0: when I was in the midst of getting this massive project done, success to me was finishing it, actually doing it and having other people validate that. But then after we've moved, I'll be honest, when we moved to Memphis, I had a really tough six months. I I was not very happy. I was down all the time. Um, And then I found balance in my life. Um, And I think that that has been the biggest form of success that I could ever find. Learning when to say no, learning when to say yes, and always putting my family and my kids first. Always. And God, obviously. God- family, kids, but just keeping my priorities in check because the validation that you might get from that project is not going to last you a long time, Mm. but the validation you get from your family will never go away. So find the balance, know your worth and do things that make you feel
1: happy, but also make sure you're putting your priorities right. So good. That's such a good answer. I I really... (laughs) Yes, 100% to all of that. And um, I I was going to ask you about advice to other people, but I think you kind of just summed it up in what you said. So I don't even think I have to ask that question. I feel more successful the less stressed out I am. And that is such an ironic
0: thing to me because it felt like the more stressed I made myself, the bigger the project was. Um, but I wasn't enjoying that, yeah. you know. So now I'm at a phase where I'm doing something that I can feel successful, but then also feel successful in my home. Yes, and rest. Um, and,
1: and rest. I think, you know, I, I saw something the other day that talked about millennials and how we fit into this As children, you know, there was so much about achievement, get the perfect grades, Mm -hmm. get the, you know, attendance award, get all of the high achieving things that those were important and of such value. And then I think we've carried that over into our adult life of, well, if I'm not constantly achieving, then I'm not enough, then I'm not, you know, and so I think finding a way to shift our mentality from, I have to be going, 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 I have to be busy, I have to be stressed. And instead taking a step back from that, we don't. No, we don't, we don't, <laughs> we don't, we don't. I was stuck in that rut too, where I just,
0: everything was on fire, everything, like not just my hair, but like literally everything felt like it was on fire and I couldn't figure out why. And I'll be honest, like I had to go to my psychiatrist and say, Hey, listen, like I'm really struggling with this. Like, I don't know if this is normal and it wasn't normal to feel that way. And so, you know, I think, Having someone to talk to is always good. Yes. Always being honest with yourself, you know, and always putting yourself as a, an important factor and taking care of that self because you cannot pour from an empty cup, the age old mm-hmm. saying, right? But you can't do things for other people when
1: you're completely knocked yeah. down. So, yeah. Mama, did you hear that? Are you listening right now? Because <laughs> I feel like that is a very, very important point that we as moms so often neglect is that we have to take care of ourselves. And I know those kiddos are the center of our universe and we want to do everything for them. But if we don't take care of us, we cannot properly take care of them. We cannot give them our best self if we're not feeding into ourselves as well and, and doing the things we need to, to nourish that self, like you said.
0: And nobody thinks you're a bad mom for taking a break. So put that out of your head because that was what I would do all the time. My husband never said anything, but I always felt internally like I couldn't walk away or I, I couldn't leave because that was so, I was feeling bad for doing that. But that was my own feelings that weren't actually even there. Nobody's mad at yeah. you. Just take a break. Yep. Take Absolutely. a break. Absolutely.
1: Um, I, I have loved this so much, Miss Lucy, I would love real quick, if you don't mind giving your plug to share the railroad stuff, if somebody wants to find out more, where can they find that information?
0: Yeah. So if you want to get into this crazy, weird hobby with me. I really recommend it. Um, You can visit us at nmra.org. And we're also very active on social media. Uh, We have a TikTok now. I hear. Uh, It's the National Model Railroad Association that brought
1: them out of the Stone Age a little bit. I I hear they have a great (laughs) social media manager. That's what I've heard. I don't. I think I've met her a time or two. (laughs) So I will post those links um, for you at SuccessfulMamaPodcast.com. So if you're driving, you don't have a way to write those down or search them up, as my kids say, you can head over there and it will be in the links. Um, So Lucy, I've got a quick list of rapid fire questions I love to ask all my guests. Oh, gosh. These are my favorite. Um, Number one, what is your coffee order? Oh, black. Black coffee. Nothing fancy. (laughs)
0: unless i'm at starbucks then i'm gonna get a um oh gosh what are they called i can't even a flat
1: white oh yeah yeah those are good i like flat those whites are those are good um all right question number two how clean does your house stay on a scale of one to ten on average does dog hair count um i don't know up to you <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go with a solid five okay
0: on that because I forget things if things are everywhere. So I have to keep them where they need to go because I'll lose them. I also am good at doom piles though. And if you have ADHD, you know what a doom pile is where you just don't know where things go. You put them all
1: together. I'm so good at this. I'm so good. I've literally, I'm now I will say I am trying my best to do better about this. And so my (laughs) phrase, I, I have lots of little mantras that I repeat to myself over and over and over again. One that I say regularly is don't put it down, put it away. Don't put it down, put it away. Because I will pile things. And then all of a sudden it's like just – and then you have that moment where you explode and you have to get rid of all of it at once. And so then – yeah. Anyway. Okay.
0: Yep. Yep. I'm the same way. And thank goodness for my husband because he's like the opposite. I feel like we're perfect because we're yin and yang. He's great at that stuff. So he's like my little voice in the back of my head. Hey, you can put that away. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like – thank yes. you. And then my son is a lot like him too. I forgot his backpack the other day. He's like, mom, you forgot my backpack. I'm like, <sighs> it's okay. So thank it's, goodness yes, for them. Thank that's goodness. right. They balance
1: us out. They do balance us okay, out. Okay. Question number three, what is a book or show you have recently loved? Oh,
0: goodness. I love marvelous Miss Maisel. Okay, that is like my favorite show ever. Um, it is on was on Amazon, I believe. Yeah, I think two so. seasons yeah. of it. I think they just aired the third final season. I just love because she's a mama and she finds a passion and she, you know, sticks with it and it follows
1: her journey um, over becoming a comedian and she's hilarious. That's awesome. So I have to check yes. that one out. That's a good one. Um, okay. Last question is what is the most random item you have in your purse right now? Oh, gosh. You don't even want to know. No, I do.
0: This is a key to a locomotive. <laughs> <laughs> See? It is called a reverser. Okay. Um, it's lived in there for a hot minute and I
1: keep forgetting to take it out. Yeah. It was, so. it was in there for this moment. That way you could tell about it. Yep. So good.
0: And usually there's like Cheetos and a few other things and probably
1: all of my wrappers that I forget to throw away. Those those (laughs) tend to end up in there. Uh, Well, It's a trash bag, let's be honest. It's fine. It's fine. It gets cleaned (laughs) out occasionally. It's all good. Yep. every now yes. and again well Lucy this has been so much fun I have
0: Thank really you. enjoyed
1: it and I know that some of the mamas out there have picked up some great nuggets of wisdom from this and you know just been encouraged to look for your passions and look for things to bond with your kids over and you never know you may end up starting a nonprofit and ended up in a new career. <laughs> <laughs> <Whoops>. <laughs> thank you Shannon so much I had so much fun oh, goodness. you're so welcome mama thank you for listening and you have a great week we will see you next time on the successful mama podcast thanks for tuning in I hope you enjoyed this episode of the successful mama podcast for more information head on over to successful mama where you can find show notes and all the links mentioned in today's episode tap that share button And remember to tag at Successful Mama Podcast and make sure to go leave a review. It really does help. A special thanks to Will Carruthers. Until next time, remember, Mama, success looks more than one way and it's up to you to define it.